Welcome back to Between Two White Coats, a podcast designed to help you be the healthiest version of yourself. I'm Dr. Michelle Plaster, a family medicine doctor. And I'm her co-host, Amber Foster, a family nurse practitioner. In our combined 30 years in medicine, we've seen a lot. We're discussing key issues surrounding health and wellness, answering some of our biggest questions, overcoming health obstacles, and giving patient-centered advice in hopes of educating you and providing the tools you need to live a healthy life. If you find our podcast helpful, please consider subscribing so you don't miss an episode. And don't forget to leave us a five-star rating and review. This will help other people find our podcast. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to serving you. Thank you for joining us today on Between Two White Coats. Today, we have Dr. Kevin Stadelbauer again. Uh, he's a doctor of physical therapy, and I have learned very passionate about movement and exercise, and so I'm so thankful to have you here with us today. Today, we're going to be talking about getting started with an exercise routine. Uh, so often, um, a lot of times, I think we have really good goals or maybe like ideals of exercise that people are going to go hop on a treadmill or do some sort of strength training program, but sometimes just evaluating where you are and kind of where your goals or maybe where you need to be um, can be difficult. So so we brought Kevin on today to discuss all of that with us. Yes, thank you. All right, Kevin. So um, as I mentioned, getting started with safe exercise. So sometimes patients are a little apprehensive about exercise because they're like they're worried they may injure themselves or hurt themselves. So what would you say to the patient that's like, oh, is ex- exercise safe for me? Yes, so absolutely safe. And uh, I think that fear that uh, people uh, have is it's totally normal, right? A lot of the times people have, I've gotten injured exercising. Um, I've gotten injured lifting heavy weights. Um, however, that injury didn't define me in that moment for the rest of my life. And I think when, when people have these injuries that, that occur, it can be monumental. It can be, they don't know what's going on. They don't know why do I hurt in my back? And so it's really difficult for them to overcome. But when we start thinking about exercise, really what exercise is, is just movement, right? And movement is what we do every day. And so uh, getting started would be really contextual based off the person and, and their goals and where they're at. And so it's really important to define, okay, what are you doing now? Or, or um, what have you done? And really, what do you value? What do you enjoy? Uh, so if you like to garden, well, how can we make gardening your exercise? Yeah, we might need to get a shovel out and you're gonna have to dig a good area, a new garden, or a, um, you, know, you really wanted to change this part of your garden to, to fit this um, new plant. I don't know. I'm not a very good gardener. So I'm, <laughs> Neither I, are we. Neither are we. So you're good. <laughs> but there, you know, a lot, a lot of times we lean on machines to do a lot of things for us now we and we can get off the tractor and do more things by hand sure. and, um, and really get your hands in the soil and enjoy gardening with being more active. Right. You know, it's funny that you mentioned gardening. My uh, father is 80 years old and, and very active He's a master gardener. And you he's must, a master you gardener. Must that. And cool. he, yes, he, he would he be would upset if I didn't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he really contributes his ability to get around without effort um, with gardening. And we were at the beach recently with friends. 
and we were sitting in those low beach chairs and and he's 80 and he got up without pushing with his arms or anything um and then we have a 60 year old friend that was there and she really struggled and we gave her a hand and my dad of course pointed out how <laughs> he's older and got up out of the chair yeah. but he said it's from gardening it's because he gets down and puts the seeds in and he gets back up and he has strong hip flexors from doing all that um because you know he just gets out and gardens um I, I appreciate what you're saying that our bodies are meant to move, that this is, this is not some foreign weird thing that your body isn't expecting. Um, and so what are you doing now? And then baby steps in the right direction. So do a little bit more, do a little bit more. Um, Amber, uh, you and, uh, we had your dad on the podcast, uh, in early episodes with, uh, his health crisis from many, many years of not doing anything, yes. particularly not moving, not taking mm -hmm. care of himself. Um, Very he would so. tell us that that was exactly what led him to, <laughs> to a lot of having a heart attack, having sleep apnea, finding out he's diabetic, a lot of stuff that all hit him at once. Mm -hmm. But uh, Amber, the daughter, nurse practitioner, coach, said, you're going to get moving, Dad. Yeah. Um, and so he went from someone who rode in a car, walked to the bathroom, walked to the kitchen. To, Slept on the couch. Yeah, to know. someone who moved quite a bit. How, how did he get started? Well, I didn't really give him a whole lot of options after that heart attack. <laughs> I was like, either you're going to do – like. Uh, my mom and I were at the place with my dad that I, and, and I was personally, and this is just, you know, this is family kind of talking. I always tell patients, I treat patients like family and sometimes that's not good. And this is probably one of those times, <laughs> but I was like, dad, I can't care more about it than you do. And like, we're not going to do all of this and we're not going to go through all of this if you're not going to be committed to your own health. And so I honestly think it kind of shocked my dad, um, into being like, okay, let's, let's do this. And of course there was a lot of emotion involved in that, but, um, when he came home after having open heart surgery, well, actually, before he ha he had a heart attack and we had to wait five weeks because his kidneys were not, he did not have the ability, his kidney function, to undergo the surgery. So we had to wait, which was like the longest five weeks ever. And so I was like, well, you're going to have to start moving because you, he needed to lose some weight. We know that uh, morbid obesity does not lend well to anesthesia and or surgical procedures. And so I was like, you've got to drop a little bit of weight. And so we, um, my nieces and my kids were there and we cut out hearts and we put them my parents house you know had like a dining room um a kitchen um the foyer and then the den and so we just stuck hearts up and we called it his heart walk and so wow. every day cool. he got up and did his heart walk and then so we're just talking about doing a lap at the house a lap at the house and so it was a lap at the house and then by the time surgery was done like he walking became something that uh, was very motivating for him. And so then after open heart surgery and all that, he, I don't even know how many miles and miles he walked. He did keep up with it, but most days he ended up walking from one lap in the house to four miles a day. Um, and so it really did just that one little motivating factor. I was like, you have to be here for your grandchildren, you know, like, and I think people hear all the time um, that, you know, legal coverage of check with your doctor yeah. before you start any exercise program. There are very few people who cannot safely start yeah. moving. You know, your dad was not in a place at that moment where anyone's going to prescribe him training for a triathlon. <laughs> um, but nor was he in a place in that moment where that was even an option. Yeah. Um, what he needed to do was move within his tolerance. And so day one is half of the heart lap. 
Yeah. Day two is the whole heart lap. And then he's doing the heart lap more. And he's a person with blockages who's waiting to have open heart surgery yeah. to treat those blockages. And he can move around his house safely. And he, and that movement had him prepared for surgery. Yeah, he lost, he lost like, I mean, we also had him on a, what I call very strict diet regimen. We joke about it now, but I was like, I dare you to put something in your mouth that's not supposed to be in there. <laughs> um, so we were very strict on that too, but he lost about 30 pounds wow. in that five weeks just from moving and like literally watching everything that was going in his mouth. So, I mean, movement added so much value to his surgical um, procedure, his post-op, and then his ability to kind of regain strength after having, you know, major open heart surgery where he had five vessel bypass. Like that was, you know, that in of itself, getting your chest cracked open is not a very pleasant experience. Yeah. Um, so. And, and so I think that really lends us to see that everybody is capable of moving some. <clears throat> it is less safe to sit still and do nothing um, yeah. and more safe to get up and start doing something. Your bodies are meant to do that and it's better for his heart and it's better for everything. And so, uh, as Kevin was saying, recognizing where you are now and just starting to take baby steps in the right direction and then pushing yourself a bit. So you may, you may time yourself and say, I'm going to do this one lap of my house and then I'm going to try to do it a little faster. I'm going to add a little bit more over time. Um, I think that when people are struggling to get started, it's easy to be focused in the I can'ts. Because if you haven't done anything in a while, there's a full list of things that you're frustrated that you can't do. Um, so how do we take the person with their I can'ts and get them going? Absolutely. I think it that's a very normal process for any of us. Uh, you know, but but the important thing is is starting with the the thing that you value most and if that means yeah i want to be able to uh, get on on the ground with my grandchild uh, well we're gonna have to take some steps to get there um, but I, I think it really is gonna uh, bode well with the, the person to to contemplate to, to really think how important is it for me in my future to do something now because if we get stuck in the I can'ts, then we'll be stuck in the I can'ts. And I think it is valuable to, to be honest with yourself and, and realize, all right, I'm, I'm so stuck. I do need help. And, and I need um, professional help uh, via my, my primary care or, or even from a behavioral health standpoint. Um, because those I, I can'ts can be deep-rooted into things that may be outside of their control. And, and helping them surface those those feelings and 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 really um, you know really what we're talking about is the ability to to be um, to be able to accomplish a task right and so I, I think it's important for us to be retrospective and thinking okay what did I do today well okay I got up that's good right, right. there are people and I, I I've treated people who they are, were in bed for months at a time and people who are sick or in a hospital, um, I, I do acute care uh, uh, PRN, and these people are stuck. They, they and they don't know how, and so there is a big I can't. Um, but when we put those the when we bind ourselves down like that, then we don't realize how amazing humans are, right? Your dad was able to lose. 
30 pounds and, and, and do things within his own control, right? Some things are outside of our control and those truly are I can'ts. Uh, but when we, when we start to flip the switch or, or, or get help to help us flip the switch, then we start to realize, wait, I'm human. I'm, I'm meant to be here to do something great. I'm meant to uh, affect someone in a positive way and, and help them uh, because I've been helped and I've been loved. And, and when we engage in those types of uh, opportunities, it drives us. And then we become driven from this I can't to Oh yeah, I can. Yeah, this is awesome. Or I want to. I can to. get out of the. Yes. I can get on the beach, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was just uh, dealing with a patient the other day who, um, who, who was told that she can't go to her grandchild's uh, football games because the son or the daughter was fearful of her falling, or she limited her herself from going because she didn't want to be that, that uh, quote unquote old person that she can't get up the stairs so Mm -hmm. she didn't want to hold people back and I'm thinking why I love what you said about shifting value I think that exercise when we say something like exercise and Shelly and I've talked about like movement being a term that we coin instead of saying you need to exercise is you need to move because there's so many negative connotation um, you know that comes with the word exercise and so we get in this guilt shame cycle But when you just said, uh, what do you value? Like that is so much more helpful than like the exercise industry where everyone looks like Barbie dolls and Ken dolls, you know, like where everybody has a six pack. It's what do you value? And so I can appreciate that a ton. I was like, that is good, Kevin. (laughs) As physical therapists, that's what we ask people. Because really that's where we're going to get buy-in or or the, the therapeutic alliance that we're trying to build, right? I don't want to treat you and you the same if you have the same problem you're going to have different contextual beliefs you're going to have different um, things that i have to become aware of than you and so if i don't think about those things and i treat you two the same yeah you both might get better that's the beauty of being human right we go through this these healing phases or we go through um, some things similarly right but uh, if we don't try and meet the person where they're at, then it is going to be this kind of guilt, shame cycle. Uh, I tried, I don't know. But if we think about, man, I, I used to garden like crazy, or I used to, I used to be able to walk out on the beach and, and walk for five to six miles, and, and now I can't. Well, why is that? Right. What do you think has caused that? And if it's inactivity, well, we got to start somewhere. And a lot of the times that is hard. I mean, I work out five to six times a week, and it's not like it's—it's it's not like it's a joy every time I go. Um, but it's something that I value enough that it—it it tells me, "Hey, Kevin, you did something really hard today." And when I do something really hard, I know I can do something else really hard. That means, oh, I can help my neighbor move, or. Um, I can overcome, you know, some of these societal um, complications that are that are embarking on all of us, right? I can overcome those things because I'm doing something really hard, right? I love what you're saying because I think when we say getting started in movement and getting started in safe exercise, um, first we have to address getting started, and getting started is a mental 
exercise as well as a physical one. Yes. And so to get started, you have to tap into your why. Um, and, and the why could be something so simple as wanting to go to the football game. Um, and then you figure out how to safely start getting there. And if you haven't been able to do things or you're frustrated about the fact that you can't go to the football game, then you can mentally get stuck in what you can't do. And so uh, we're asking you to then shift that focus to what you can do. So you mentioned reflecting back on what did you do today? What can you do? How could you do that a little bit more? Can you do chair exercises? Can you do other things? And then what you can, when Amber's dad was doing one heart lap, then it became more and more. So focusing on what you can do allows your brain to go to that more motivating place as well. But if you can't get there, if you if you can't get out of the, um, if you can't find your motivation or you can't get out of the I can'ts and, and be able to start recognizing what you can do, then that's where you dig into the appropriate help for getting motivated and getting your mental started where it needs to be so that your physical started will come right behind it. Um, and then recognizing that it doesn't really matter where we're trying to get to entirely, we are going to keep making small steps to get there. And so uh, we have a, a patient who uh, she had a lot of medical issues that made her very immobile and she really had to fight back. And she had the small task of, she wanted to be able to walk up on the stage and give diplomas at the school that she works at. And, um, and it took her months to be able to get her steps and then to climb stairs. And she was able to do that for graduation. And, and she could, there were days she was very frustrated. There were days that she felt like she wasn't going to get there, but she had that goal set. She met that goal and she knows just like you with your exercise that she can set the next goal and that she's going to meet it. And, and maybe it takes time and energy um, but she's, she's not afraid of putting in the time and energy to get there. And she's continuously getting stronger and being able to do more. Um, and it's really about putting that one step in front of the other so that you're starting to move in the right direction um, and doing a little bit more over time, doing it a little bit faster, adding a little bit of weight. Um, and if you are concerned as if you have health issues and you want to make sure that you're safe to move, See your primary care, uh, see your cardiologist, and I promise you any of those white coats are going to encourage you to move, and they will help figure out what's safe for you. Um, there's cardiac rehab that people can go to and start getting stronger when they are um, post-cardiac events and such, and every cardiologist would want you to do that because the key to really reversing a lot of the things that put you in this situation is the movement. Right. Um, getting the exercise is going to be a big part of your healing and um, and being able to do so much more. Um, also, you know, when it comes to safety, our bodies talk to us every day. And most of the time, if we'll listen, we'll be safe. So when something hurts very much, you know, if it's, if it's a little like I'm on the 12th rep and it's getting heavier and heavier, that's a different kind of hurt. Right. That's a good hurt. That's right. me making myself stronger. When I go to pick it up and things lock up and I'm like, oh. Yeah. then I might need to step down some weight. Your body's going to tag to you. Absolutely. When you're doing your heart lap and you're on the third lap and you're feeling like you're getting just a bit winded, you sit and you catch your breath. 
Yeah. You know, there's there's no gold medals being given out for any of this stuff today. You're going to get your gold medal by just doing the best that you can, listening to your body. When your body asks you to rest, when your body tells you it's too heavy, then you pull back. Um, if the next day you're so sore that you can hardly move because you really pushed yourself hard, then you pull back. Absolutely. But you're going to, you know, your body's constantly giving you information. We get really good at not hearing it. Sure. But if you tune in, I think most of the time you'll be able to prevent injury and keep yourself safe by just listening to the cues that your body is giving you. Absolutely. And it's important over time to to track that you can you can write that down so that you know exactly how to manipulate some of those um what i call variables but but just movement just patterns that oh yeah well i did upper body that day i had this level of soreness or um if you you're you're compromised in any way by some sort of health uh problem oh i had this symptom i had to take nitro um ooh, i'm gonna have to definitely dial back there right so that i i don't uh, exacerbate these symptoms and I can thrive within this medical condition and continue to uh, work towards uh, overcoming it you know and they're there that's the beauty of being human is we can uh, override a lot of these things by our own behaviors and by our own uh, consistent actions that we do but at, at times that can be hard and it is understandable for people to start and stop and start and stop and and again I think you know it's important that we we give grace but that we also empower and and let people know that this is what we're we're meant to be enjoying life not you know sitting and 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 doing nothing at but you know that can be enjoyable too. Yeah. <laughs> or I, was, I do it. Yes, I was when we were preparing for the podcast episode. I was just reading, and it was saying that you know previous to our technological advances, like with motor vehicles and even the internet and computers and phones and all that, that we were a lot more active as a society. Well, now, like it, the average is what I read was 13 to 15 hours a day we're sitting, yeah. you know? And so that's a lot of time. That's sitting. That's not sleeping. Yeah. That's sitting. Um, and so even just making small changes like parking a little further from Walmart door sure. and you just get a few extra steps that yeah. way. So it doesn't necessarily have to be the the grind it at the gym. It's just making those small little tweaks. But you're absolutely right. Our grandparents did not have to buy a gym membership or figure <laughs> out, you know, they they often walked to where they needed to go yeah. and there wasn't air conditioning and everyone didn't have a car and all those kind of things. So we really have to, in today's society, we really have to uh, plan out our movement. Make it and, you have to be intentional. Yeah. You, you have to say, this is my activity. And I wear a watch so that when I'm in my activity mode, boom, I'm in my activity mode. And when I'm done with my activity mode, I turn it off. And so that's, I mean, you know, steps, there's, there's great research to, you know, the whole 10,000 steps and, and parking further away. So for getting started, yeah, just, just uh, you know, find your time. I like to use a timer. I think it's really important to use a timer because you're not getting distracted. Oh, I'm not going to get on my phone and, you know, override this time with other things that really you may value more. Um, so carve out your time, make it the same time if you can every day, or yeah, you can accumulate it over time, but be intentional when you do. Uh, I'm parking the furthest away every time, or I'm going up the stairs 
every time without question i'm gonna have to tell my boss i'm late because i'm late you know um because then you'll start putting value yeah and you become that. the person who takes the stairs right and, and people are like oh we're going to take the stairs because we're walking with them. Yeah. 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 You know, our, uh, our advice for how to get started is get started. It It, really is because it's safe. It's, and it's what we're supposed to do. Um, but to not stop there. Right. Um, when, what we're talking about is, is, uh, important to get started, but to really drive you towards the, the physical activity guidelines of the five times a week of aerobic conditioning at a moderate intensity because there's just enormous benefits that you get from that. But there's enormous benefits from getting started. So move more, stay still less, and enjoy that. Yes, pat yourself on the back for the for the things you can do. And as you do this, you're going to be adding to that list. There will be more and more things that Absolutely. you can do, and you'll feel really good about it. Yes. Thank you, Kevin, for joining us. Thank you for this excellent and motivating. I feel like I want to go exercise right now. Um, Let's go. And and so we encourage all of you to move a little bit more, to use the body the way that it is meant to be used. And we promise that you will get health benefits from it. Thank you so much for joining us. We like to end on a good note. So here's today's Tell Me Something Good. Positive energy, positive vibes sending out the optimism and really trying to have your cup half full. So we encourage you today to try to look for what's going right and to not spend too much time on what's going wrong. Keep your energy positive. Thank you for joining us. And until next time, take care of yourself.